You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. So Patrick Lloyd Brennan is a fellow graduate from the Department of Contemporary Dance of Concordia University here in Montreal. He's an emerging choreographer who has trained in ballroom, musical theater, jazz, ballet, and contemporary dance. You might remember him from the 2010 edition of Danse Boussonnier, which is, of course, uh, the collection of works that Tangent produces every year that kind of features people uh, coming out of dance programs and puts their work on stage. It's a nice uh, springboard for a lot of young artists. Uh, he's also produced work for Festival Transamérique, Tangent, Studio 303, Sala Rosa, Nuit Blanche. He's also had two past uh, dance companies, uh, The Department and Vos Enfants Terribles, with which he produced uh, dance and I would say performance work as well, kind of on the performance art side of things. Uh, you may also remember him from Dance Animal. He was Dance Poodle. Dance Animal is, of course, a comedy dance slash uh, theater troupe um, that was uh, around and kind of blew Montreal away and uh, a little while ago there. So we're going to be talking to Patrick today about a specific project uh, that's coming up. But first, I want to just say, hi, Patrick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you're, you're a person we've invited in frequently, and we're just we're happy to finally get you on Dirty Feet. So <laughs> happy that's to be here. <laughs> super, super exciting for us. So you were the, the conceptor of this dance video that we're going to talk about in a little bit. And you've also brought in uh, Kerwin Barrington, who is your was your assistant on the project, correct? That's right, yep. And Kerwin, you're also a graduate from the Concordia Contemporary Dance Program. And as far as I understand, you currently teach dance, and you're also working on ELAN-funded project that is doing uh, choreographic workshops for rural areas in Quebec. Yeah? Yes, exactly. So we're going to be talking about this dance video project today. It's called You Can Take the Streets and Rule Them Because We Are of the Sky. So... Nice big title there. It's a 13-minute work, and it's going to be presented by Rendezvous du Cinéma Québécois. And as far as I understand it, it's a dance work that features uh, several dancers dance dancing on their own in specific Montreal locations. That's right, yeah. And uh, this was kind of a, a spur-of-the-moment uh, <laughs> creation, and I'm curious. Uh, you were kind of given an opportunity, and you, you took it very quickly. Would you say that that was the impetus or inspiration for the work or did you have this concept of these kind of you know this little love letter of Montreal in the back of your mind uh, stewing away for a while there um, I think it was it was really um, well Eddie Menz Eduardo Menz um, who's the the director of the film and producer um, it was really an idea that he had um, was really looking at he wanted to experiment with dance he wanted to experiment you know with video um, and so he sort of approached me because actually he ended up getting his hands on some really fantastic equipment <laughs> for um, for three days he, and uh, he said you know I've always wanted to work with you um, let's put something together um, and and so from there, we just started, started getting to talking a little bit about um, 
protests and about movements and the Arab Spring, the Occupy Mu- Movement, um, the Printemps that was going on here, um, and just sort of the the energy and um, that was sort of coming out. I think even within our generation, I would say. Um, and he wanted to look at how that could be brought um, or turned into movement, and that's sort of where things started. Um, so yeah, definitely spur the moment in terms of in terms of we've got this equipment for three days. Let's put something together. Um, and that was sort of the kickoff for it, I think. How how were the locations selected? Because um, was it kind of like, oh, let's go here and just really spur of the moment? Or did you guys have certain planning around location and and uh, and whatnot? Yeah. yeah, we had about we had about two weeks to um, to search for different locations that would work um, not only for the dancers but for the camera. Um, and so Eddie went out on his bike and found all these these awesome spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were also you know had lots of discussions about dancers and who we were going to choose and then it was probably I would say about a two day process of um, matching dancers with locations that was really a key moment in it I think um, but yeah there was definitely some thought put into it before we did have a couple of last minute changes though um, on the shoot days just because things didn't work or we didn't have access to places or you know so those those were actually kind of interesting moments that we had to sort of negotiate I imagine in this kind of process that your subjects are taking a lot of control of the content. If you know you're throwing it together in a couple of days, you got to trust these people. Um, are these all people that you've worked with before? All these dancers? No, um, quite a few of them, a number of them. Um, but some of them were were people that Eddie has worked with before, or um, just people that he's always wanted to work with. Um, and it's also something that's really important to me to work with with not only trained dancers, but non-dancers as well um, who have an inkling towards movement um, so for me it was really important to to put together a team of people that would bring out you know they would bring different things to the table um, and I think that that was also you know part of matching them with the locations and, and with it being in the streets sort of thing is really keeping that real real person <laughs> yeah. um, alive you know not just seeing a dancer on the streets was really seeing people interact with the streets and with the location now, looking at the list of dancers, there is um, a very wide range of, of um, aesthetics, mm-hmm. uh, especially movement aesthetics in them. Uh, some of them are non-dancers, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some of them are dancers with a much more classical background, some are much more contemporary, breakdance-influenced. Uh, there's uh, a burlesque artist also. Mm-hmm. Like, how did it feel to, especially when it came to the editing, to bring all of that content together? Uh, in a way that where where there was this through line, even with all of those different people, all of those different locations. I mean, Montreal is a city. It's it's a very vibrant city, and you can see the locations you chose were probably very different. Also, so how did you uh, create this through line um, for the film and the editing, and even in, in the conceptualization when you were talking to dancers? Mm-hmm. I think it, it really was. Um just as, as a, I guess, as I know, it was, I was not part of the editing process when it comes to the actual video, um, which was, it's really interesting. I'm going to see it for the first time as everybody else, which oh. is really, really scary, um, but really interesting. So I think that, that that through line really had to come from the original sort of concept and the the sort of set of restraints and, and rules that were built from the from the, from the the beginning. Um, and I don't know if maybe Kerwin wants yeah. to speak to well, that a little bit. Yeah, well, just because I, I, I danced in it as well, so I could speak 
speak from from interpretation point of view. Um, I think it had to do with the context of what was going on and the fact that um, everyone had the same rules. And those rules were, uh, from from my point of view, you're starting at point A and you're moving towards point B in one swoop. And uh, while you're doing that, uh, there's a, a guy with a big, huge camera and a sound guy and Patrick and... Uh, someone else was there too helping because the equipment was quite big and, and a little bit awkward, I think. Um, uh, so they were following you as you were going from this point A to point B. Um, so I think just having that uh, context every time uh, created a, a through line. Also with, with Patrick's um, guidance and, and, and the way that he was um, sort of setting up what was happening. Um, yeah. Uh, when when creating work uh, site specifically, there's there's a few challenges that come into play. Not only as a dancer, but also as a choreographer. How um, how was juggling? You know, everything from from weather to uh, yeah temperature. The the daylight was it a constant uh, struggle to you know? Okay, the sun's coming down. Let's get this. Yeah, I'm interested in knowing about these struggles. Um, absolutely, I think we got hit with everything <laughs> that you could imagine. We got hit with rain. The right from the from the first yeah. uh, the first uh, the first answer, which was Kerwin. It was rain. It was trying to also just take care of this equipment as well. It, just to mention, it's like it was a big steady cam, like you know, twenty thousand dollar camera, huge thing. Oh so it was always being worried about that um, time as well. You know, um, we set out. We did so. We, we set did this two, three, three different locations um, on the first day, four on the second, and three on the last day. Um, so definitely time. Um, things that I had never really had to worry about in terms of creating, you know, being in the studio, you can just keep going and going. But with this, it was, well, we've got two hours to to do this and go. I think that was kind of yeah. the theme of the weekend. Especially was, with lighting and, and all these things that that were exciting for us. I think for myself as a dancer, like to have to deal with the weather just added this whole another layer and the different, the different, you know, where the sun was and all of that was interesting, but I think technically was creating challenges for the shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Kerwin, since you had to dance in the rain, did you have this big Volmont moment of like, yes, I'm living like the peanut dream. I'm dancing in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the whole experience was kind of like that. And interesting, uh, interestingly, it was, Um, it was this rush of of um, wanting to explore my space, wanting to claim it, uh, and then wanting to, and then because it was a rush of point A to point B, and all this repeating it over and over and over for to get the best take, um, it just evolved, yeah, into this really. Um, I felt um, elation the whole time. You know, I was just on this amazing uh, rush yeah and the rain i mean yeah of course and it's in the city so there's all this natural element coming in there as well yeah movement and life around that right? that's it exactly yeah, yeah the city doesn't stop just because you're doing a film right, right so right Just to explain that that dancer joke moment there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the title of a, a show that the Pina Bausch company uh, showed at uh, Théâtre Maisonneuve in November. It's a very famous work, and in the piece there's a giant rock on stage, and for... I would say like the majority of, of the it. work yeah. Yeah. it's raining on stage basically and the, the dancers are splashing in the water mm. and it's just it's really uh, euphoric and, and wonderful and to go back to um, that, that, that uh, point A to point B uh, that, that is a very specific and very interesting choice 
because when we think about choreography, we're not going to think so much about geolocation of going from this place to this place. It's going to be much more about like imbuing or embodying something or, mm-hmm. you know, we don't think about it so much ab- ab- about um, a transition from one place to another. But with something that is in C2, I guess it, it makes sense to go in that direction. What made you choose to use that as the core concept of the instructions you would give to your dancers? I think I think we wanted to, or I wanted to create something that was simple in terms of structure um, to sort of, and by, by having a very simple structure of you've got to start here and end there, it, it opens up, it opens the dancer up to, to making choices and to having lots of freedom of how to get from point A to point B. There's countless ways that you can do that. And, but at the same time, there's also a bit of vulnerability in that um, because I think, you know, as dancers or as choreographers, we, you know, we always want to make, we always want to create what's going to look best. We always want to be the best at it. We want to, we want to look good. And so by allowing this sort of freedom and saying, well, this is, this is all you've got to do. Um, the dancer is all of a sudden, I feel like put on the spot to a certain extent Mm -hmm. and they've got to, they've got to negotiate things for themselves. And then what I want to do was then come in you know, with every take, come in and sort of chip away at that and, and, and shape it into something that was going to work, to go back to what you were saying earlier, like to go back to that general through line to make sure that it was all going to connect and the pieces were going to come together at the end. Did someone decide to take it to its most simplistic level and really decide to just walk from point A to point B? Um, in the end, no. They definitely that was. I mean, what a lot of what a lot of the performers that was the first step that that they took, um, and it was also just for as as the choreographer as well. Just walking through the space for me it was my first time going through the space a lot of the times as well, and walking through with the camera and figuring things out. But it's definitely the starting point. Um, but from there, I really think that the the performers really sort of grabbed onto it yeah. and really went with it every yeah. every time I would say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, I think would then tap into their own backgrounds and their own signature ways of moving. Um, I know for myself I did. I eventually just because we were doing it so many times and I was just really enjoying it that I just let go at one point and trusted that, you know, I was doing what Patrick had envisioned and and just went with it. Yeah. Um, with um, with yourself, Corinne, and also a lot of the other uh, performers in the film, um, a lot of the names, uh, you know, these are people who are not only dancers, but also choreographers. Do you feel uh, that selection is something that helped you really trust these people and having to make those quick decisions on the spot? Um, that kind of side of, of, of understanding structure and understanding maybe... Yeah, I'm interested in knowing what you think of that and that selection of of, of artists because there are a lot of them are choreographers also. It's funny, I hadn't thought about that at all until so you just said that, but it's very interesting. And I wonder if that's uh, that's also just a, a thing that I naturally um, look for in in the dancer as well. I'd never even noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, so that um, I think it definitely it definitely helped, um, especially you know for, for those there was a you know the last shots of the day the last performance yeah. of the day when it was really like tight and we've got to get this before mm-hmm. the sun goes down yeah. um where there wasn't you know there wasn't as much time for in between each take for me to really go in and, and help them out it was you've got to make a choice they've got to go and i think that that definitely definitely plays into it played into it yeah, yeah. i would say and also on the first day when um there were a couple times where um 
carrying that camera around going downstairs. Actually, the two of that first mm -hmm. day, um, mm -hmm. we're, we were going downstairs, and we were only five people. And so sometimes, you know, Patrick had to assist in the technical side of it. And so I was there working with the dancers. And um, yeah, I would say that I helped them a little bit, but mostly they were they were having to make choices after the initial sort of preparation for them and the walking through and the couple sort of takes to kind of get into it. Then, yeah, then they felt mm -hmm. it was kind of like they didn't have a choice. It was like, just go. So then they're making choices themselves. Yeah. And Patrick, you mentioned vulnerability and, mm -hmm. and being in that, uh, not only having to kind of be like, all right, well, it's raining and I can't control anything <laughs> about that. Just yeah. kind of letting letting it go, you know, um, but also the vulnerability of having never seen this film and um, something you choreographed. And, and as as a choreographer, um, I mean, we're all choreographers around the table here and um it's really about shifting the focus of the audience and that's that's what we do and mm. now that role is almost taken away from you totally. i mean how, how how are you doing with that uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i think because you know it, it, it's something that we're generally speaking not so used to as choreographers for there to be such a long period of time between the the preparation and the actual performance um but what's kind of what's kind of been interesting with this process is that there was preparation, there was on the spot working, working through it. And then it, it was really the, the day of the actual shooting was in many ways the performance. And now there's been this, you know, almost year and a half period. And now it's like, there's <laughs> going to be another performance of it all. And it's, you know, it's totally at this point, it's out of my hands, you know? Um, but I mean, I, having worked with, having worked with Eddie and Santiago, who's, who did most of the editing, uh, I, I just trust them, you know? And there's, yeah. there's a lot of, it's interesting to, to to be collaborating with people and you just you've got to trust and it was something that was really part of the process in terms of actually shooting and then it's just continued carried on <laughs> since then i think that also also uh, relates to the people that you chose also so absolutely eddie is yeah. trustworthy to you know he's a very creative and 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 very when as soon as you walk on set with him you feel instantly at ease and comfortable and and mm. yeah like you're in his hands and it's okay um but also i think that's maybe part of why you chose those people because you trust mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what they're going to bring also yeah with your performance work and some of the things that you've presented for Bush GC over the years that I've seen where the audience is a very active part of the performance and their reaction is what makes it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how you feel. You, you know, we're talking about this, this, this presentation of a work that you can't touch anymore <laughs> yeah. and it's not going to be affected by the audience reaction mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think that, you know, going back to even just thinking about the last question you just answered was, is really, I think that for me, the performance really was that on those three days was really the shooting. And in that sense, the audience w was the streets. It sounds like it's a silly thing to to say, I think, but it really, it was really interesting, A, just to work with, with solo dancers, because usually I also do group work as well. And so it's about the interaction between the performers. And with this, it was really just the dancer walking through walking through the space or walking through the streets and so i think that the streets kind of became the audience for me in that way and so i think i've kind of i've, I've let it go <laughs> i've let it go and I, I mean i can't wait for the you know the lights go down and be sitting and oh, see yeah. i think there will still be a reaction from from yeah. the audience yeah, um it'll just be a little bit different this time around <laughs> oh for sure the audience i meant i meant like the video wouldn't react to the audience well 
yeah, just, right, just yeah. <laughs> from dancing in it, um, it was really interesting to be cutting the space, to be cutting, cutting the, um, you know, creating the the dance. You're cutting the space, and behind me, I in the movement I was doing every once in a while, I would turn around and I would see this following me, this guy with the big, you know, and with the big camera, and and the audience was following me. Like usually, the the audience is stuck, even in site specific work. The, you know, it's very rare. You know, it happens that the audience is following you, but they were literally coming with me on this path that I was going on every time. And so I don't know how that's going to translate to sitting in a room with the lights closed mm. and, and, and still coming with me, but in this kind of setup, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so the interesting thing here is, and, and we'll all admit it, that we kind of all leave, uh, lead double lives, you know, so we, we juggle a lot to, to, to get by and to make it possible to do what we love and, and Anyway, I'm just going to say, Patrick is studying law. <laughs> and I think it's such an interesting thing, and, and, and it makes me realize that having a film of your work is so rich because of that. You know, mm. right now you're, you're doing all of these things, you're, you're studying, you're going to class, and you're going to have a film that's going to be seen. And um, I, th- I think it, you know, more and more, I guess we can realize how, how much of an important tool that is to to not have to always physically be there and uh, to kind of let your work live on. Uh, is this something that you guys are interested in doing again? Uh, is, is film work or working with a camera something you'd like to continue doing? I think absolutely. Um, for me, just to speak to the law school, I, I'm so excited for some of my friends from law school to come and see this because mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, it's like, they'll just see this whole other side of me, I think in many ways. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I would love to work with, to do more film and video work. Um, just, I think it just brings up so many, so many different challenges, um, that you have to face as a choreographer and, um, things you have to integrate into your, into your process. And I think that, that you really grow as a choreographer, as an artist by, by, by working on something that's that's going to be captured, it's going to be there forever. It's gonna, you know you can't go in and and make notes after the first screening, and you know like it is what it is, you know. Yeah. So also because we know that dance is ephemeral, and we're always kind of struggling with that idea, and it's mm-hmm. it it gives a bit of credibility to to it in some ways. It sounds kind of odd to say that, but you know, just in my my students and uh, the people that I've spoken to about it, it seems like all of a sudden they've perked up and said, oh, this is cool a film you know like my daughter said is it going to be on netflix (laughs) 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 but it does it gives a bit of yeah because it It becomes a constant yeah in a way exactly which is interesting because um a lot of your work and this has kind of been mentioned before but a lot of your work is based on this ephemeral and it is based on performance very much so Mm -hmm. and from uh, granted the limited selection of your work i've seen but you do tend towards the performative much more than the Dancy, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it feel to go back to work that was much more dancy than it was performative and theatrical? Like you yourself, as a as an artist, did it bring back memories, or like what what kind of impact did it have on you to be like we're focusing on movement right now? I think that as much as as much as it, we were focusing on movement, it was. I feel like things were just sort of substituted (laughs) in, you know, in terms of when I do sort of create these very theatrical pieces, 
um, I always try and sort of set up or design an experience where I'm really trying to control or, or manipulate um, an environment. So the space, um, costume, um, sort of, to a certain extent, um, the performer's emotions and that sort of thing. And I think in many ways, that's still, I still went back to the same, the same approach. Um, being able to to assist and be a part of choosing the locations, choosing the dancers, uh, the general look, the general theme of things, um, in many ways was was very similar to to the process that I've gone through in the past. Um, it's just that the end result isn't this sort of flashy, fun, <laughs> you know, um, uh, performance. Um, but in many ways, I think that it, it was kind of it was kind of this very similar process as to what I've gone through in the past. Yeah, I would agree. I've danced with for Patrick many times, and he actually does almost always pass through movement. Actually, there is always a very strong movement direction, and that it's usually very simple. And that simplicity again often brings out this really somehow extravagant. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's also I like to, in terms of separate, I like to separate the performance experience. From from the audience's experience as well, um, where really my goal as a choreographer throughout the creative process is to really create um, moments for the performers to engage with the work or just to really just live the experience um, with or without an audience. Um, and then my attention also then goes to the audience. Okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna mess with that? <laughs> is usually my approach. Um, but I think so. In this way, it was really just isolating. Okay, I just have to make sure that my performers are really going to live this through, live this out um, in the short time that they had. And, you know, the two hour block or three hour block that they had, they went through, you know, a process that sometimes would take months that I would go through with, you know, if we were pre preparing something for the theater, or for the stage. From this discussion, I'm having a sense that this work is very much about the urban experience and the location uh, was, while the locations chosen were, uh, very important uh, to the whole process, to the product that you ended up with. What is your relationship in this film to the city of Montreal? And it's a living city. A, li a city is never just stuck in time, but there's people moving around, there's cars passing by. How did you bring those elements into the film? And for you, was it important to show that, that city as a living organism? <laughs> that's a big question uh, <laughs> uh yes it was definitely important to to keep the city alive um but what i think was i'm just thinking back to some moments what was interesting is that we also at some you know in certain times we had to close off certain parts of the city or just we had to sort of suspend reality in a way <laughs> i don't know if that's a broad statement but um i'm thinking too when we were shooting with abram we were shooting um around Lucien Lallier Metro and the, the sort of pathway into the Bell Center and the train station. And, you know, it, there's people walking through, there's people coming up the stairs. And at a certain point, I think we really started to get that, that clean shot where no one was passing through. And at a certain point, it was, well, it, this is, this is going to happen. This yeah. is, this is a city. This is a busy part of the city. And, you know, the characters that have now become a part of yeah. that section, I'm, I'm hoping that they've stayed in the film, in the video. We don't but know. We don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm born and raised Montreal and love my city. So I think it's definitely was something that deep down, um, subconsciously I wanted to, 
to be a part of the film in, in many ways. And some of the locations are just phenomenal. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to see how it I all I think really out. concretely also when we were dancing and we were in that space, just it was just happening. The city was becoming um, part of it because we were really there and really dancing on it and with it and in it, you know. It just was happening concretely, you know. Um, are you guys aware if they kept the the soundscape? I know that you have music in, in the film, but the soundscape of the actual recording, was was there live sound that was being recorded? Yes, mm -hmm. there was. Um, I'm not sure how much of it has been integrated in. I know that there's also some, um, some sound and audio clips from um, protests, um, from newscasts, that sort of thing, um, and, and a mix of music as well, so... We will see. <laughs> yeah, and we have a clip of Sepultura that we're, that's going to be included in the video, which uh, did you just find out when we asked you for music, or did you already know that this was a piece? Uh, I knew it was a piece from, it's um, actually the, the piece that's used in the trailer. Ah, okay, um, so, so Which was the, so the, the first glimpse. So the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first sort of glimpse that I, that I got of the, of the, of the video. Great. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll play this uh, slightly aggressive track. <laughs> Get a feel for... Perhaps what some of the video is going to be like. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you, you've you've told us over and over that the the editing process is out of your hands. So the the music selection and whatnot is is somebody else's choices that are being made. Um, did you give any guidance in that in that respect? Did you say this is what I have in mind, or this is kind of the feel that should be happening, or was it more of a discussion, or or nothing at all? I think more of a, dis a discussion. I think informally, um, some of the choices that were made, um, I definitely have had an influence on. I think I think. All of the performers, everybody, I think, really played a part in it because it really was started out as a sort of experiment, and we had a general idea of what we wanted um, wanted it to look like in the end. But I think that 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 shifted and 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 changed so much throughout mm. the process. Um, and I think that Eddie, Eddie in general, is just he, you know, he's the captain of the ship. He's gonna he's gonna keep control of everything and, and make sure that it all works in the end. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think this camera following you moving forward swiftly uh, created um, a kind of violent um, in some of the in some of the work in some mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. the solos a violent and aggressive uh, reaction to that pressure behind you. So I don't know if that influenced it 
or if it's just all kind of in well, the which also kind of works well hand in hand with the the sounds you were mentioning of, of protests and news yeah. and that's it yeah is there any any sound on set that uh, other than the the soundscapes did you use any any music for for rhythm purposes or whatnot we didn't. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't put impose that on any of the dancers. Karen had, had something in her ear. <laughs> well, I had quite because I was the first one, so there was a lot of setup going on and a lot of technical things that I didn't understand and a lot of time, <laughs> and so I was trying to stay pumped and and trying to stay warm and and stay engaged. So yeah, I was listening to Rihanna, <laughs> which did create this kind of pulse in me that helped. Yeah, I don't listen to her all the time, but. <laughs> So this episode, we've been speaking with uh, Patrick Lloyd Brennan and Kerwin Barrington. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> and the, the video project that we were talking about, it's a video dance piece called You Can Take the Streets and Rule Them Because We Are of the Sky. And it's being presented as a part of the festival Rendezvous du Cinéma Québécois in Montreal. Uh, the whole festival runs the 19th to the 28th of February. Uh, this piece in particular is actually going to be part of a showcase of uh, the best films from all genres so congratulations on that <laughs> the, those are bragging rights right there <laughs> so it's Programme Choix du Chef 1 uh, so the whole evening is 70 minutes long this work is 13 minutes uh, so you're going to see 8 films all together it's like between 9.50 or 11.50 depending on uh, on your status your status <laughs> in society uh, and it's on the 21st at 10.30 at the Cinémathèque Québécoise Salle Claude Joutra uh, so thank you very much and we're gonna you're gonna leave us with a few words of wisdom as far as I understand okay so this is a quote that uh, that Eddie gave us and it's uh, by the feminist anarchist Emma Goldman and she once wrote, if I can't dance, I don't want to be a part of your revolution. And I think it's very uh, apropos. <laughs> Dirty Feet was previously recorded at the Montreal Improv Theatre and is currently recorded out of Mainline Theatre. Thanks, dudes. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par, produced and hosted by Alison Burns, JD Papillon, et Stephanie Moret-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com, follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet, and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.